Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and today we're taking a slight detour to talk about everyone's favorite subject, work. Sometimes the workplace is not all it's cracked up to be. The hours are long, the weekends are short, and we all feel like we're army crawling toward the end of the year. We're ready to wrap up the year, pop some popcorn, and watch hours of The Office? Wait a second. Today we're talking about some of our favorite movies and TV shows about our favorite and least favorite topic, work. Why do we choose to unwind by essentially heading back into the office? Today, I'm joined by our content director, Kayleen Holden, to talk about why we find comfort in seeing workplaces on TV and in the movies. And now, this is the Career Contessa podcast. Let's start today's episode by naming just a few television shows and movies that have heavily featured the workplace, bad bosses, beloved coworkers, and everything in between. This is by no means an extensive list, but it's a pretty long one. We have Office Space, The Devil Wears Prada, Working Girl, 9 to 5, Severance, Younger, Superstore, Party Down, The Office, The Bold Type, Succession, Killing It, and the list goes on. So today's episode is mostly about unwinding, having fun, and talking about pop culture. If, quote, nobody wants to work anymore, which is what we keep hearing about ourselves. I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. (laughs) Why are TV shows and movies about the workplace some of the most permanent fixtures in today's culture? Why does everyone love The Office so much? And to talk about her favorite TV show and movies, I'm joined by content director Kayleen Holden. Hi, Kayleen. Hi, Lauren. So I know we've talked about workplace TV shows and movies at an extent, like things like Baby Boom and Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead. But I'm just curious, what would you say is your most formative workplace movie or TV show? So I was trying to think about what is the first TV show or movie that I can remember kind of centering around the workplace. And I guess, I don't know if this is the first one, but I immediately thought of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Look here, Sparky. I have a master's in journalism from Columbia. My boss loves me. And if I do it her way for a while, I can write about anything I want. Like shoes? No. (laughs) No. Like alcoholic beverages and athletic gear. (laughs) Touche. Where she works for a magazine, ad agency, and then, you know, he's got his company or his ad agency and they're working. Basically, they're kind of working together without knowing that they're working together. Oh, yeah. She's writing an article. That's what it was. Yeah. So I just remember like thinking about her office space and like, 
you know, sitting in the cubicle with your coworkers, kind of gossiping and they're your best friends and you're talking about your dating story. But then you have this like mean, horrible boss who doesn't like any of your pitches. So that's what I thought of immediately. Yeah, totally. I I have actually, <laughs> I love How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, but there's a funny thing about that where uh, Kate Hudson was apparently like 23 years old when they filmed that. And in the movie, she's, you know, she's lost. If she doesn't find a man now or like take yeah. her career to the next level now at age 23, she's like completely failed, which I always thought is so, so funny. Well, like this is a whole other episode for another day, but like <laughs> talk to the millennial women who grew up with those as like their role models in the movies we watched, you know, but again, that's a, that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah. When you go back and uh, watch them though, you're like, they really had it figured yeah, out. You age, are, you're horrified. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. So yeah, so it's pretty much been established that we're entertained by the workplace, even if, and, and sometimes especially when we actually hate our jobs. I actually remember picking my job off the floor after watching the first season of Severance on Apple TV. So I'll never leave here. You'll leave at five. Well, actually, they stagger our exit, so 515. Hmm. But it won't feel like it, not to this version of you anyway. Do you have a family? You'll never know. And I have no choice. Well, every time you find yourself here, it's because you chose to come back. Then I proceeded to only recommend it to people who like specifically didn't work an office job. But the more I was looking into these comfort shows, they might have been like the ideal audience and maybe they would actually feel, com- I don't know if you feel comfort from, I don't know if you've seen Severance, but they would probably be the target audience. So why do you think we are so drawn to TV shows, movies, and books about work? So I think it's actually pretty simple and I wanted to start because I kept coming back to the show, The Office. Nobody should have to go to work thinking, oh, this is the place that I might die today. That's what a hospital is for. An office is for not dying. Oh, yes. Everyone loves The Office or at least like loves to hate The Office. And there are so many spinoff podcasts from it. I'm pretty sure I see a Dunder Mifflin mug every time I walk into a co-working space. So like I feel like The Office is everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Dunder Mifflin is everywhere. So shows I'd say like The Office, Parks and Recreation and even Mad Men are really relatable to people who have ever worked in the office. The Office is a really interesting example to me because in 2005 and the American adaptation, so obviously it was a British show first by Ricky Gervais, and then it was picked up, I believe it was on NBC. So it was adapted for a US audience in 2005. And on the heels of shows like Friends, which had like a gorgeous cast of like beautiful people, or Frasier, which had these really smart and intellectual characters it seems strange to go so like quote unquote normal. So what happened is instead of casting the show with those gorgeous, polished celebrity people, like, you know, someone beautiful, like Jennifer Aniston, the cast looked exactly what you'd expect. Like to real see people. It. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what you'd expect to see at a company selling paper in Pennsylvania. In an article for the New Yorker, executive producer Ben Silverman explained that the show had quote, unlikable lead, a single camera, no one really attractive in a traditional television sense. It was super awkward and slow, no laugh track, and it was a faux documentary. Like, it shouldn't have worked. So network execs were really wary, but I think I think a lot of people would agree that the relatability of the show is what made it work. In the same New Yorker article, which we linked in the show notes, the writer attributes the character's bold boringness, and they're willing to talk in passive everyday cadences as the core of the thrill. 
even if like actual thrills were rare, you know, it's not like ER or Grey's Anatomy where there's like a, a center, like dramatic, dramatic thing happening every week. Right. But the thrills were very relatable to real life people who were in an office. And I think that anybody who has gone home to tell their family an exciting tale about their own workplace only to realize halfway through that the story is probably really boring, likely finds the office to be absolutely thrilling and, and again, relatable. It's like you're telling your, your your parents about your coworker and then this and that. And you realize halfway through the story, like they don't know who these people are. They don't really care. They're not in the thick of the office, you know, workplace like you are every day. Yeah, you're like the you're like the main character in your yeah. own office. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, we don't know who these supporting people are. We don't care. So yeah, even if you hate your job and you hate the fluorescent lighting at work and you hate your boss, I do think sometimes there's a little bit of comfort in the known portion of it. So it can make a small disagreement by the water cooler feel like the whole we were on a break thing from friends. We were on a break. We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> I don't want to say the coworkers are your family, but they're sort of like this known entity. And I think there's weirdly comfort in that. And actually, CableTV.com surveyed a thousand Americans. It found that 87% of them had like an assigned comfort TV show. And three, three out of five of them reported that they felt anxiety and that the comfort TV show actually like would soothe them at night. So comfort TV show being like The Office or something that is mm-hmm. weirdly comforting to your own life. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like when you're feeling sick or sad and you want to curl up with your comfort show, I guess for a lot of people that is The Office or like Gilmore Girls reruns of Sex and the City. Like a show that you know, or Friends. I hear this all the time. People are like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just watch Friends on in the background. Mm -hmm." What's your comfort show actually? (laughs) What would you say? Oh man, I I definitely am guilty of like old reruns of like Sex in the City. I you know I don't do a lot of reruns. I I'll put like live sports on in the background more than I would put like a comfort show. But I I definitely oh I guess Seinfeld. My husband and I will watch like oh, yeah. Seinfeld a lot just when we have it on in the background, and he's watched every episode like ten times over at this point. So yeah, so and like Seinfeld again, a show about nothing. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing. What does that mean? The show is about nothing. Well, it's it's not about nothing. No, it's about nothing. Well, maybe in philosophy, but even nothing is something. People that you can just relate to with like everyday occurrences. Yeah, totally. Well, there are other podcasts that dive way, way deeper into the office than we could ever attempt. Actually, some of the cast members have podcasts. So there's one called Off the Beat by Gardner, aka Kevin, and Office Ladies, which is a hugely popular one by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, aka Pam and Angela, who are unlike in the show, they're like best friends in real life. If you're a ride or die Office fan, I'm sure you already listen, but these podcasts are also listed in the show. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Show notes. Are you venturing into the world of sales, whether it's just a handful of products or a vast inventory? Let Shopify be your partner in success. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify helps you through every phase of your business journey. Whether you're just starting your online store, opening your first brick and mortar shop, or celebrating a million orders, Shopify is there to help you every step of the way. From scented soaps to outdoor outfits, Shopify empowers you to sell everywhere. With an all-in-one e-commerce platform and an in-person POS system, Shopify has you covered, no matter where you are or what you're selling. Turn curious visitors into committed customers with Shopify's checkout, proven to be 36% more effective on average than other leading platforms. Plus, effortlessly boost sales with Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that it's designed with scalability in mind. The seamless integration of an all-in-one e-commerce platform and an in-person POS system makes it super easy for users regardless of what they're selling. So take control of your online presence, whether you're aiming for steady growth or reaching for the stars. Shopify is there meeting you at every single level. Powering 10% of all U.S. e-commerce, Shopify is the backbone of global brands like Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is here to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash career contessa, all lowercase. One more time, go to shopify.com slash career contessa, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash career contessa. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn, and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'd also love to talk about TV shows and movies that maybe aren't as comforting. These are the ones that show like very toxic workplaces, bad bosses, and problematic behaviors at work. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, just in the past 20 years, you've had Mad Men, Succession, Severance, and of course, The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> right? Like, yes. Bad yes. boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you think of a bad boss, I feel like The Devil Wears, for any at least woman, I think The Devil Wears Prada and Miranda Priestley is like the first thing that's going to come up. 
Somebody came to work today. What about accessories for April? One thought I had was enamel, um, bangles, pendants, earrings. No, we did that two years ago. What else? Um, well, they're showing a lot of florals right now, so I was thinking I can florals? do for spring. Groundbreaking. So for those of you who don't know, also, The Devil Wears Prada was based on a book written by Lauren Weisberger in 2003. Weisberger had worked as a personal assistant for American Vogue editor Anna Wintour. So it's widely speculated that the boss character, Miranda Priestley, also a fashion magazine editor, is based on Anna Wintour. And I guess she's not very nice. So at least that's I've never met her, but that's kind of the rumor. And when they asked her about it, she was quoted standing behind the movie and saying, you know, quote, anything that makes fashion entertaining, glamorous and interesting is wonderful for our industry. So I was 100 percent behind it. But you can tell that there's, you know, she's probably come around to that from the PR perspective. But like literally entire movie and book is made about her. <laughs> oh, actually, I read something interesting about this. The book actually was optioned or, or whatever they call it. The, the rights were bought out before she even finished writing the book. So they knew that this former assistant of Anna Winter was was going out to write this book. So apparently she had only had like two thirds of the book written before they even bought it. So they didn't even know how to end the movie. And I don't know if the movie ends mm. differently than the book. but Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> So yeah, the Devil Wears Prada is interesting because it's the workplace equivalent of a train wreck. You probably wouldn't ever want to experience a workplace like that, or, or I wouldn't. But it's oddly intriguing if you, when you mix in the fashion closet that is was seemingly open for grabs because all of a sudden Anne Hathaway had the most beautiful clothes. It's also fun for fashion lovers to watch. And there's a lot going on in the movie. You have the bad boss, kind of mean coworker. The boyfriend, who I know there's a lot of discussion about that still, and and Stanley Tucci. And then the push and pull of pursuing career success versus, I guess, like having a life at all. Yeah, it's really interesting now looking back, noticing how that movie was so popular. It's like, have we been more acceptable of bad bosses? Because we also like watch these movies and like, you know, the thought was like, oh, well, you have to have a bad boss to be in like you know, dedicate your life to work in order to move up the chain, right? Like, I think we're breaking away from that a lot. But like, maybe we all in real life were more accepting of this kind of stuff, because that's what we saw also in the movies. And so why do you think this movie has such lasting power? Why do you think it hasn't been relegated to the throwaway, you know, quote, chick flick status? I feel like The Devil Wears Prada is, at least for me, a movie I'll always watch if I come across it, because there's, there's so much going on. So I would definitely identify with the like, quote, unquote, like, dumpy version of Anne Hathaway, like in the blue sweater in the beginning. She's trying to make it in New York City, which is famously hard to do. And there's been millions of movies made about that. So when she sort of mistakenly falls into this job that would have been a, you know, a dream job for so many people, she's super skeptical. And I get that. And then you have that famous cerulean speech that kind of puts her in her place and where miranda makes that somewhat compelling argument for why we're all involved in fashion's influence in some way shape or form right you go to your closet and you select i don't know that lumpy blue sweater for instance because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back but what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue it's not turquoise it's not lapis it's actually cerulean and you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002 oscar de Laurenta did a collection of cerulean gowns and then i think it was yves saint laurent wasn't it who showed cerulean military jackets i think we need a jacket here mm. 
And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when in fact you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room. And then you have the boyfriend and the discussions about whether he was toxic. Oh, yeah. That's like recently come, I think, back up to where people are like, wait a minute, <laughs> that boyfriend was actually terrible. Yeah, he was not great. But I don't know. It, it's funny. I, I still can't like come to a final decision on that because he was bad. But she was bad. Everyone was kind of bad. Maybe that's what I really like. Yeah, they about were both toxic. Yeah. <laughs> So who is more toxic, yeah, Miranda but, or the boyfriend? Or wait, why am I thinking? Is her name Andy in that? It's Andy in that too, isn't it? Yeah, it's Andy. It's Andy in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy Anderson. That's right. <laughs> and Andy Sachs. Yeah. But why do we like movies like this? Even if you're not a fan of The Devil Wears Prada, why would you want to watch a movie or a TV show that shows how awful work can be? Is it to feel seen or understood? Is it because you can just relate to that and there's some comfort in seeing your real life <laughs> displayed on screen? I think that's exactly it. Like once upon a time, I had a, a really, really toxic job with like somewhat influencer type people. It was so bad that I only lasted for six weeks. Uh, so when I rewatched The Devil Wears Prada, it made me feel like, okay, this happens to people. If I were Andy, The Devil Wears Prada would have been like a 15 minute short film. Because there's no way I could do that. It, it sucks. And it's really damaging to have a bad boss or just like not feel seen or understood. But I think you can use the worst experiences to move forward. And I think toxic movies and TV shows can just help you feel like, well, obviously this appeals to a large audience of people because people experience and there's some comfort in that. Well, that everyone's miserable. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, that's why we keep seeing articles about like, why are people so unhappy at work or all this research just came out that people are really unhappy at work. I also think the Devil Wears product shows a unique female point of view when it comes to being a quote workaholic, which we don't see too often. And spoiler alert, Andy doesn't completely lose herself and sell out. If you haven't watched the movie, you probably have if you're listening to the show, but she also doesn't burn any bridges. So the villain in the story remains kind of ambiguous about you know, like, is Andy her own worst enemy or is it all is like Miranda all to blame? Yeah, I think I, I really like that it remains ambiguous. Like there's no, nobody comes out the full villain. Nobody does anything like super, super awful, damaging that they can't recover from. But I think it's a really interesting look into not only the workplace, but the idea of an overall ambitious career and the far reaching. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Effects on your personal life, your family, everything. Yeah. This makes me also think of like Emily in Paris. I'm Emily, Emily Cooper, and I am so excited to be here. Well, that's very unfortunate. Excuse me? That you don't speak French. It's a problem. Well, I'm going to take a class, but je parle un peu français already. Well, perhaps it's better not to try. Very unrealistic, right? Like you work for a company and your boss is pregnant and somehow you're the one who ends up going to Paris and getting this incredible job and the apartment. Like the whole thing is really unrealistic. And then, of course, she's like the mini influencer on the side. But it's interesting because the the main part of the show is about work. So here we are watching a show where not only is the girl having this really unrealistic in a positive way life, like it would be amazing to have some of those things happen. But like we're watching her work. You know what I mean? What do you think Mm -hmm. that's about? I mean, that's like not necessarily a negative. It's a positive, but it's almost like it's a fake reality that's setting up for us, too. Right. Yeah. I feel like with Emily in Paris, it's 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 like it's a whole other thing. It's work, but it's it's completely, completely fantasy based. I feel like that's also was always the draw with Sex in the City. And, and to a point, friends, it's like nobody, nobody actually lives like that on these salaries or, yeah. or it's not that easy. And, and Emily in Paris in the first season, they would show her, <laughs> she was <laughs> just like post a picture of a croissant and her followers went up like 7,000. Yeah. It's like, that. it's nothing that would happen, but it's fun to fantasize about it. Why not? Like, yeah, sure. This could be, this could be your life. If, if your boss got pregnant and you went to Paris, why, why not? Why not use that fantasy? Do you think though? all these shows about work that are showing either, okay, one end of the spectrum, which is really unhealthy, very toxic. Then you have the Emily in Paris end of the spectrum where it's like, okay, that's pure fantasy. Like it never happens like that. It never happens that easy. Like what's the takeaway for people? Like, should we stop watching these shows? Cause it messes with our own like expectations around work. Or is it just sort of like recognizing like, wait, so much of our world revolves around work, including our pop culture. So the idea of ever having your identity completely separated from work. Like maybe that's your expectations are off with that too. Yeah. I think why movies like this have such lasting power, like the office has been off air for more than 10 years. Devil Wears Prada is 20 years old. I think, I think that they constantly pop up or we talk about baby boom, nine to five, these things constantly pop back up because one, a lot of the issues still are unsolved and, or, or like we made moves to go to a healthier workplace than it drew back. I think that they're always so relatable because you're kind of re-examining them through different lenses, that there's a lot of movies that you could look back and through like a, you know, the Me Too movement through that lens and be like, whoa, this movie is like really bad how they're showing work. I think Devil Wears Prada is interesting because it looks back at like, because I think originally Anne Hathaway's character was meant to be shown as like the person who really lost herself. But then you go 20 years later and maybe it's like Gen Z seeing it for the first time. And they're going, wait, actually the boyfriend's terrible. Like yeah. she's just trying to get her career going and make the best of a, not, not a bad situation, not an ideal situation for her. But I think, 
I guess because the workplace changes and it also doesn't, these things constantly cycle back up because it's just yeah. kind of fascinating. And I don't think it gives anyone, or I would hope it doesn't give anyone a fantasy. I hope nobody thinks that Emily in Paris is, is real life. <laughs> I was also <laughs> thinking too, like our addiction. Okay. Obviously we have pop culture, but then also this has gone into like Instagram meme accounts where they're not always like fake, but like they're making fun of like workplace culture and like workplace culture in itself is so entertaining, not necessarily to live through, but like so entertaining to watch in these movies and these TV shows now on Instagram, you know, and TikTok yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, well, this is really interesting. I love exploring kind of pop culture's obsession with work and it is sort of funny. I don't know if anyone's ever thought about it, but like, why do you get off work to go watch a show about work? So the whole idea is very interesting. If you're interested in pop culture and work and you'd like to explore more popular TV shows and films center around the workplace, leave us a review because we would love to, you know, maybe dissect certain bosses in the workplaces. Or I know a while ago, we actually did a whole episode about Emily in Paris and how it was unrealistic to the workplace. But the whole idea of comparing pop culture to real life work is kind of fun. So leave us a review if that interests you. Let us know how you like this episode. Kayleen, thank you so much for joining us today. And then I will also make sure there's a bunch of stuff in the show notes for you all. If you do leave us a review, share the movie or TV show that you'd like us to dive deeper into, we could probably do a whole season on The Devil Wears Prada, but we don't want you guys (laughs) to have to live through that. That's not what you're interested in. And be sure to share this episode with somebody who loves workplace culture and, and pop culture. I'm sure they would enjoy the episode. So thanks, guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.